brought to you by Red Honda and Red Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jake Finning. Happy New Year. It's the first episode of the new year. I feel like I haven't dropped an episode since last year. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I had to make that joke. What did you guys do for Christmas? What did you guys do for New Year's? You know, my wife and I, well, you know, let me, first off, before I get any further, I just wanted to say rest in peace to the great Ken Block, Mr. Hoonigan himself. Today is Monday, January 2nd, and a few hours ago, it was reported that he passed the snowmobile accident in Utah. I never had the pleasure of meeting Ken Block. Like many people, over the years, he's has impacted my life with motorsports, from watching his drift shows to his Jim Kana. In fact, last month, my good friend Danny Niku, who's been on the show, or not last month, it was a couple months ago, I guess, just before SEMA, we went to go watch Electric Kana, which was Jim Kana through a Vegas, but with an electric, fully electric Audi. And um, again, I've never personally met him. I have friends that personally know him. I texted Danny, Dan, we'll call him Dan. I texted Dan and said, hey, man, I'm really sorry for your loss. I know you know him personally. He said, I don't know what to do right now. And I didn't really have an answer for him. I'm not good at those things. Sent a message out to Corey Hosford, which was, he he does work with Hoonigan. So if you guys aren't familiar with Hoonigans, that is Ken Block. That's his company. Incredibly popular motorsports company, apparel. They do the crazy cars with the big monster energy on the side. And I'm not, I don't know if this was due to something he was filming or if it was just a, just some sort of a, a crazy accident, but it's too bad. He's um, incredibly influential. For those of you who aren't really used to the car culture, the car scene, he's about as A-list of, of a celebrity to the car community as any given top-tier actor, any top-10 trending iconic musician. You say Jay-Z, you say Brad Pitt, you say Henry Cavill. Everybody knows those names who's into acting, into movies. Tom Cruise. Ken Block. Ken Block is one of those names to the automotive culture, to most influential. Watching him, you know, X Games, you think of Ken Block. One of those names, synonymous with, I mean, he is, he is Hoonigan. And it's, it's a huge loss. Earlier today, just hours, hours ago on Twitter, he had tweeted about his 16-year-old daughter, so proud. The fourth and final episode of my 16-year-old daughter, Leah, buying, tearing down, rebuilding, and now driving her 85 Audi UR Quattro will be live at 8 a.m. Pacific tomorrow on my YouTube channel. Will her Audi finally do a donut, or will it break in the attempt? Tune in and find out. That is January 3rd, 8 o'clock Pacific on the very late Kim Block. Wonder if that'll be out this morning. This is sad. Rest in peace, Kim Block. Very much a legend. Arguably one of the most influential, biggest names in the car community, in the car world ever. Kim Block. Dead at 55. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. 
They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. The truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4WheelOnline or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4WheelOnline, the number 4, Wheel Online. So this is the 19th year my wife and I have been married. We were married September 4th, 2004. So we're coming up on 19 years. This is the first time in 19 years. On New Year's, it was just her and myself. Not even my mother-in-law. She was at church. And it's one of those things where she always, my wife's always like, hey, New Year's, we should do this and we should do that. And I'm just kind of looking at her like, that's never going to happen because you're so attached to the family. It would take everybody else having something to do that did not include us. But she's like that. We know a lot of people in our lives that are so selfless, they never think about, they, they want to make everybody else happy. I mean, I was kind of concerned that she would be bored just hanging out with me because I don't think she can ever just hang out with me. It's always got to be Marcelo's got to be there or Wilson's got to be there. Or her mom's got to be there. Jaylene is just there. She wants to, she kind of forces herself there sometimes. But I mean, we had Mila, my daughter's dog, but my daughter, much to her credit, I know she didn't want to, but she, her boyfriend, Mario, and both kids went to California to see Mario's family. And I'm glad she went because I know he's had, he as in Mario's had issues with getting her to hang out with the family. She blames it on not having a place to, you know, pump her breast milk, nowhere private. It's like she could go into a bedroom no matter where she's at. People are going to leave her alone. But she always finds an excuse on why she's right and everybody else is wrong. So it was big to hear her going and taking not only Zeke, my grandson, but also, you know, Nova, my granddaughter, as expected. Nova's like three weeks old, four weeks old now. So it was just us. We had a fire out back. We went through a bottle of wine. We both cooked together in the kitchen. I made crab cakes, grilled some steaks. She made some potato things. She got off of TikTok, some crispy potatoes. We had scallops, a bottle of Camus Cab, living la vida loca. So we were chilling by the fire, and New Year's came up, and we came in the house and did a champagne toast, killed a bottle of champagne. Well, okay, we didn't drink champagne. We actually drank a bottle of Prosecco. I'm not big on champagne. She's not big on champagne. I wouldn't have cared. If it was champagne, we would have drank it anyway. I would have probably had a couple glasses. She would have probably had one. And that was it. The block was covered with smoke. Everybody from like 9 o'clock till 2 a.m. was popping fireworks. Everybody. Like we, seriously, you go outside, you go outside and the sky was, you couldn't see. And I was thinking, is, 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 is it just the weather or is this smoke or a combination of both? I live on a very busy street, about 1130 at night, went out back, looked over the fence. There wasn't a car in sight. Everybody had got to where they needed to be for New Year's. And I think short of what, Christmas Eve? Even Christmas Eve, there's traffic a little bit. New Year's Eve, nobody on the road until like 12.05, and everybody's on the road because they're finally, you know, Happy New Year, let's get in our car, let's go home. It was a good time, though. Really enjoyed it. There comes a point in your life, and this is the new year. New year, not new me, same me. 
but I'm looking around. I've been rearranging the the office. I've been saying that now for about a month. I've slowly like this last this last week, I made some headway. But I think about you know what is it that I want to do with what this is? What do I want to do with YouTube? What do I want to do with the podcast? The podcast is going to keep being the podcast. Don't worry about that. But as far as like as I've said, getting stuff for this the home studio, getting it set up. But I've had some talks to a good friend of mine. We kind of both struggle and, and talk about stuff together and. You know, it's like, what is your goal for what it is you're doing? And I think finding your purpose is tough. As I kind of look around and, you know, we have, you know, as of today or yesterday, by the time this comes out, the late Kim Block was watching Monday Night Football first quarter and uh, the Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, made a play, tackled the wide receiver for the Bengals. It looked like a pretty, I mean, it was a good hit, but nothing that we haven't seen 10,000 times over. And upon the replay, you see the Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin, make the tackle. He gets up, and then he falls down. He falls over. Scary moment. The NFL gets delayed. So they end up going to probably four four or five commercial breaks. Keep checking back, and he's still still in the middle of the field. All the players are out there on the knee. Ambulance comes out. I've never seen, like I've seen ambulances come out before, but I've never seen so many delays. And players were on their knee, players were crying, and they stopped the Monday night football game. They they did the right thing. Twitter blew up. Everyone's trying to figure out, you know, they're not actually going to play this game, are they? They're going to. I thought, I mean, long story short, the guy, as of this recording, I thought maybe we witnessed a a football player dying on the field. I've never seen anything like this. Players crying. They went back to the locker rooms. Between that, and then you guys saw the news where Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, essentially, for those of you following the MCU, he got caught up in a funky accident with a snowblower, and it mangled one of his legs, maybe both. I'm not sure what the details are. I know he's gone through a couple emergency surgeries, and he's lucky to be alive. Hopefully he stays alive. I like Jeremy Renner. I like him as an actor. The mayor of Kingstown. You think about the fragility of life. You know, and you can't want something more for someone that they want for themselves. And I guess, you know, kind of rambling, but I was thinking about my father. Because we just, you know, Christmas time, the holidays. And... Like my mother-in-law, she doesn't, she's like a lot of people, they get ill and they're supposed to take their medicine and they're supposed to do this, they're supposed to do that. And nobody ever wants to be told what to do. They want to just do it on their own. But the note is, this has always been tough. And I think it's just me dealing with life. And why I refuse to give up. I think, I think my dad got to a point in life where he just, I think he just gave up. And I say that because, you know, for years we couldn't find my brother. And Andy, I know you're probably listening to this. Andy has Asperger's, but he's fully functional. That's my brother, Andy. So when I worked in Texas for Cook's Children's Hospital as a contractor, every week I tried to call and find him. My mother was worried sick. 
find your brother, find your brother. And I said, Mom, I'm trying to find him. It's hard to find him. Two weeks before my job, I was there for six six months. Two weeks before, he finally calls me back. Hey, Jay, I got your message. Sorry, I've been busy. Um, yeah, let's link up. I'm like, great, fine. Hey, Mom, I found him. So I meet my brother some parking lot by our old high school and take him out to eat. Catch up. I say, look, Andy, we're sick about you. We can't, we can never find you. Why don't you come back to Arizona with me? You can live near us. You can stay with us for a little bit then get an apartment, lots of jobs. You'll make friends. You'll be close because my mom was worried sick. She couldn't get a hold of him for like a year. My parents ended up going down to, he didn't, he didn't take me up on that offer. Of course, promised to stay in touch. He didn't. Um, the next summer, my parents go down, they find out, they get a tip where he's at. That's this. Yeah. They get a tip. They go down there and pack him up, bring him back to Minnesota with him. So now my mother doesn't have to worry because my brother's there. I don't have to worry because my brother's up there with my parents. I feel better that my brother's with my parents. I'm fine by myself. I was worried about my parents because they were getting older. And then my brother was God knows where. But then when my my father died, he had diabetes, and he had some heart surgeries before. But his his levels, his blood alcohol his not alcohol, but his blood levels were way off whack. And knowing that my mother-in-law, sometimes she just says, fuck it. And she doesn't want to take her medicine and she eats everything in sight. She knows she's not supposed to. She knows she's not supposed to, but she does it anyway. She says, fuck it. And I don't think people understand, you know, like, would I, would I be the one giving up as well? Would I say, fuck it, I'm just going to live my life? But my dad's levels, I told me, because he even told my mom, this is wintertime. He said, I don't think I'm going to make it through this winter. He told her that when he was shoveling snow. And I'm thinking, sitting back, okay, well, now they finally have Andy. Andy's home. Jay, me, is having success in life, married. We have grandchildren. We have a great-grandson. Zeke was like one at the time, maybe two. I don't know. Two-ish? I don't know. Everything is everything. My life is boring. Fuck it. I think my dad just gave up. And the fact that he, the fact that I feel that way, I don't, I don't cry about it. I don't get angry about it. I'm just like, huh? He made his choice. He lived a long life. And he just gave up. I talked to one of my best friends the other day, Tony. He's one of the one of my two best men at my wedding. Yes, I'm that guy. I couldn't decide, so I had one of each. One for each phase of my, major phase of my life. He told me something, he, and he told me, he, Tony told me this once. He goes, one day you're going to do something great, and you're going to be somebody. It was always tough because I'll never forget him telling me that, and I think my whole life I've been trying to be that but I don't know what that is. And I'm still trying to figure out what that is. What did he see in me? What do some other people see in me? Cause I don't think I'm, I don't know. I, I can only try so hard. I only have that much level of commitment. And I'm only cognitively that good. 
And sometimes I get worried about it. Sometimes I get depressed about it. I've always wondered if I was um, a manic depressive sort of, because I have very high ups and very high and very lows, very low lows. I don't know what the term is. Very ups and downs. I'm not going to do anything, but like bad to myself. But I think I just want to make sure that whatever I do, I do correctly. And I'm always worried about failure because I know in the past that I've done nothing but fail. When I've been, when I felt like I was so close to some sort of level of success, I'm that guy that will spend hours, hours perfecting something, and then submit it to the world, just to, just for the world to discover that there's something I left out. Like, oh, how the fuck? How how could I have left that out? It's a little. It's that little detail. In life, I think it's that little detail that why I have not become whatever it is I'm supposed to be yet. 46. Hell, I look at people like Samuel L. Jackson. No one knew who he was until he was old. Weirdly, that gives me hope. I don't have to make it now. I used to wish that I would have made it when I was 25, but my God, the 25-year-old me is not the same as the 46-year-old me. That's for damn sure. But you know, the funny thing about Tony was he was never a good person to rant to. Like our life experiences just weren't the same. He was basically my brother that my brother wasn't. Andy had his own stuff going on. Tony had no real family. He had a little sister and he lived with his grandma, never saw his dad. So I kind of adopted him as my other brother. So I had kind of two or three. I just, I've just had so many brothers. I got Andy. I got Garfield that I never hear from. I got Tony that I'm talking about. New Age, Sizzik, he's my brother. He's my other best man. By the way, works for a, um, they make a lot of movies about it, about this place. I didn't think I'd ever meet someone in my life that actually works for one of these three-letter places. Sent me a picture of him and I guess his class, the class of 2022 for this three-letter place. And I'm like, holy shit, babe, look at this. Because my wife knows him really well. I said, don't say anything. Don't show anybody. My man's trusting me with this. My boy works for a three-letter place. The three-letter place they make movies about. Hopefully he works a desk. Isn't that guy running, chasing, getting caught up in shit. But anytime I had an issue, I couldn't really talk to Tony about it. I tried. I might as well have been talking to a wall. Same thing with my bro- Same thing with Andy. But at some point in life, you find certain people that fulfill those, those voids. My boy Wes is one of those people. Wes, you know you're listening. You're one of those people. I have a few of these people. And they all get something different from me. I think about the people in my life right now. My crew. I used to call them my crew. They're not even really a crew when I think back. You know, we got Yoshi and Stefan and, and Will and, and Eddie and Eric and... I think of those of those people. Will has actually kind of emerged as as my easily my closest friend of the group, and I can complain to him about some stuff too because he gets it. We get each other, but it wouldn't be the same stuff I would complain to Wes about. I guess my point on all this is find somebody in your life that you trust and 
are mentally in sync with enough to complain about things without it going anywhere because they become your sanity. They become the reason why you keep your shit together. They become the reason why you see more clear in conflicts where otherwise you would only see your side. For instance, if my wife and I got in a big argument, I need somebody other than her to talk to. So do you. I wonder who she talks to, because I know she doesn't have what I have. This is a weird first episode, isn't it, for hard parking? But this is real, because I wrote this down for a reason. I quote, My dad gave up. Tony says, One day you're going to do something great. You're going to be somebody. I think I wrote that down because I talked to Tony. I talked to him a few weeks ago, and I don't ever talk to him. Because I get tired of being the one who has to reach out to everyone. You guys know what this episode has basically been. This is the type of episode that you would get if you were a patron. And I'm not saying you need to be a patron, but the people who pay to support this show, this is the stuff that they would typically get. And this is the stuff that this show used to have in the beginning. A little bit of this, a little bit about what's going on in life, where's my mindset at, in between the cars and the conversations, the interviews. I mean, here we are in January, and there's probably 10 big-name guests that I should have booked last year that I didn't get around to booking or just conveniently weren't available. And I don't think it's personal. I just think that without that relationship, you're not going to go out of your way to do anything to help anybody else. That's just how we are as people, I guess. But if you ask me to be on your podcast, I'll be on it. We just have to get it situated. And that's fine. New Year, same me. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, probably because I used to blow through them within like the first three weeks. I would like to lose more weight this year. I would like to lose some weight this year. How about that? But I don't want to give up drinking. I don't want to give up sitting on my ass all day. So. Maybe I should, no, I'm not even going to joke about smoking meth or doing hard drugs. But if you know someone that has a magic pill, let me know. I want to thank Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona, fourwheelonline.com, sell shop wireless services, Cuyah Automotive out of Warner Garden, Florida, Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan, Big House Small Home Design out of Ashford, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan, Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals out of Glendale, Arizona, and Shaving Success with West Tangersley out of Boise, Idaho. A Boise is Boise? Boise. Boise. I think it's Boise. I'm trying to think now. I used to work there. Boise, Boise. Oh, Boises are boisterous. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, like I said before, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Mark Stoneman, Katz, Cox, City Ramos, Richard Grace, Byron Jones, Bo, John Gals, Community, and Drew Bunkley. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We still have plenty of hard parking podcast shirts. Email the show or send a message on any of the social media platforms. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning, J-H-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. I can't grow that you're telling the world how good the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together, and I'll talk to you all next week. I do have my Izzy sign up in my office. I miss him. Shut up! <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that.